Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. You've read his books. You see him on television. You follow him on social media. And you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now. He is Pat Struby, and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists. Peak 65 is here with record numbers of baby boomers turning 65 here in 2024. That means millions of Americans will be facing decisions about Medicare, when to retire, and when to start Social Security. We're going to talk about all of that here today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books, Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And I don't know, do we give you credit for three books since you've rewritten the original <laughs> Save Your Retirement a couple times now, really? I mean... Well, yeah, this was the first goodness. real, real, real rewrite. And um, yeah, it's, An and I can say officially, Jen, that we did hit number one in our category on Amazon. So boom, whoop, whoop for that. Very excited for that. And uh, also excited to get everyone's feedback and you know see what they think of, of the adjustments to the book. So, Very exciting. Um, Nobody yeah, can see the rah-rah gesture I'm doing with my hands right now, <laughs> but I'm doing it. Way to go. Way to raise the roof there for you, Pat. All right. Thank you. Very exciting update there about the book, and I want to congratulate you about that. That is very exciting stuff. But um, we do want to talk a little bit today about this idea of Peak 65, which I think we've talked yes. about before. If we haven't here on the radio, I think we've talked about it on TV as well. But this is sure to be a record-breaking year for our retirement system, thanks to Peak 65. An average of 11,000 Americans a day are expected mm. to turn 65 until December. That means, Pat, 4.1 million Americans will turn 65 this year and every year through 2027. This is a wave of people heading into retirement age. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we all know the baby boom generation is historic in its size, and it kind of seems like we are entering the peak of the peak, right? Yeah. You know, the baby boom <laughs> is like this huge kind of grouping of people like moving through time and now we are on the cusp of the very very middle of that and yeah. uh, that's a big deal obviously that's a huge has a huge effect on our country and on all kinds of things yeah and let's talk about why for a second because if you have this many people entering retirement this year and you know let's say they're doing things like we'll talk about social security here in a, in a minute because i think that's an impact also but boy to start taking money out of their retirement accounts if they've been building it and saving it or maybe they are pulling back on some of their investments and you have this many people who are making those types of financial moves all at the same time talk about the impact we could be seeing here yeah this is you hit on a lot of great points there jen this Thank is you. this is uh, <laughs> i mean it's we're making it up as we go this has never happened you know in the history of the world you have when you think of you know the idea of retirement didn't really even exist until i think the first pension was in germany in the late 1800s hmm. and then the first company pension was in the early 1900s and then of course social security in the 1920s and 1930s. So this idea of retirement is fairly young. And to have such a massive size group of people going through that process, there are all kinds of theories and books being written on what's going to happen. But of course, no one really knows. Right. And you're right. One of the big questions is, at what age will people retire? The retirement age has been getting younger and younger, which is one of the things I talk about in my book, especially with lady longevity and you know making sure you never run out of money. But then it's also becoming more common for people to retire from their career, but then do some kind of work after that. So when are people retiring and are they actually retiring? You know, that's one of those kind of interesting questions to ask. And so 
And you hit on one of those points, which is, well, if someone actually retires, do they go from contributing to the economy and now they're actually, and let's say contributing to their 401k and putting money into the markets, and now they're actually stopping that, but also starting to take money out of the markets. What kind of grand effect does that have on investments and things of that nature? And uh, could that have an effect on the U.S. stock market? It certainly could. Uh, It's going to be really interesting to watch and observe and try and analyze what happens and why. Yeah, and I started to get ahead of myself a minute ago because I started Hmm. to bring this one up, but I want to talk about it separately because not only with these impacts on people, as you were describing, maybe starting to take money out of their retirement savings and, and starting to sell off some of their investments, that type of thing, but millions of people will also start social security benefits this year. And I want you to talk about the strain on our retirement system as we have more people starting to collect their benefits. And if those people start to outnumber the ones who are Mm -hmm. paying into social security, we're starting to run into a bit of a math problem, or the the Brits would say a maths (laughs) problem. I think it's singular, but whatever. Yes, we are in the thick of that math problem already. (laughs) So uh, we're not just entering that one. So and I'll say this, you know, you know how I love to make fun of politicians you do. and how they how they love to spend and it drives me crazy. I will say one thing that happened politically that I was very impressed with going all the way back to 1982 and I was 8 at the time so I, I wasn't impressed when I was 8 no. but when I studied it later <laughs> and that was when Alan Greenspan led a group that did social security reform and they specifically said we're doing this because the boomers are coming. Yes. And that's so smart because they were way ahead of the curve. And so they increase, you know, the taxes to buffer Social Security. The problem is every year since then, when there was a surplus, the rest of the government spent all that money. So there's no extra money sitting around for Social Security. So, Mm. yes, we have a massive math problem. At some point, both sides are going to get together and do something. I think younger people, to be able to continue to have Social Security, the retirement age is going to have to be increased. And we're living longer. It just makes sense. So don't know what's going to happen and how that's going to work. But obviously, all of us need to be thoughtful about when we're going to claim Social Security. And then one of the things we need to be aware of is the tax on your benefits may be going up to help fund that. So we want to be really smart about how we are structuring the rest of our income around our Social Security and also trying to be smart about when we claim to try and make sure we're keeping as much of that as possible and giving away as little as possible. And and Jen, that actually is is a perfect tie-in to sitting down with one of our advisors because it hits on your income in retirement, like Social Security, but also your taxes. Those are two of the biggest areas that we have people come in and they have questions on. So if you have questions on Social Security and income in retirement or how to lower taxes in retirement, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. We offer what we call our five-step retirement review, which includes those two areas and three others. For listeners of the show, there's no cost and no obligation. To get started, call right now at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. That number, 803-973-8473, or as Pat said, the easiest way to remember that, 803-9-RETIRE. Now, Pat, for people who are nearing retirement, let's talk about some of the key questions that they should be trying to answer. What are some of the questions that they should be mulling over and starting to figure out some answers to. Yeah, I I think, Jen, the biggest ones fall into a few different categories. Um, A lot of them are income. So how much income am I going to need? And when someone comes in for their first meeting with us, they may have a spreadsheet down to the penny. Hmm. A lot of people just kind of stare blankly you know, when we ask that question. So it's okay if you don't know that yet. That's part of working with a planner. Part of the we're, process. We're going to help you right. figure that out. Yeah. Do I have enough? Do I have enough to support that income? Will that money last? Will you continue to get that income through your lifetime? All those are tied together. How much of your nest egg is going to be taxed when you're in retirement? We need to be thinking about that taxation throughout retirement. Do I have a plan for health care in retirement? So you have income, you have taxes, you have health care. Do I have a legacy plan? Do I know what's going to happen uh, if something happens to me? And I always remind a lot of our clients say, I want things to go to my kids or grandkids, but that's not my biggest priority. So I always remind them if you're married, your legacy plan includes your spouse. So we, we absolutely want to make sure that if one spouse passes away well ahead of the other, we, that we protect that other spouse. And then I think you know the one we kind of skipped over there is how am I going to invest my money in retirement? That's one of the biggest fears when people come in to see us is what if there's a huge stock market crash, you know, early in my retirement that can completely devastate a retirement. So I think being thoughtful about that, the income and the taxes, the investments are going to help create that income for most of us and then the health care and the legacy and the estate. Right. And all of those things, they sound so different And Pat, I I think it's important to talk about when it comes to the people who are able to help you with this, there are 
so many different financial professionals who they spend a lot of time in each of these different areas, whether it's insurance or it's being an accountant, focusing on taxes or a broker, that type of thing. You know, you think about this, Pat, income, insurance, tax strategies, healthcare, investments, legacy planning. There are so many different pieces that go into a comprehensive retirement plan. You were talking about all these different questions we need to be trying to figure out how to answer. And I would just say, if you've been working with different financial professionals in all these different areas, now might be a good time to start talking to a retirement planner. And you and your team, you have a lot of those <laughs> there, there with you, right? We do. And we're, we love it. We're passionate about it. And, you know, a lot of people we work with, they've done a good job of saving. They know they need to think about taxes, strategies to preserve income in retirement, creating a legacy plan for their heirs and their loved ones. When you work with someone who focuses on retirement, you can address all of those different areas in one place. Mm-hmm. We can talk with you about many things, including some of the main risks to your retirement, including taxes and likely tax increases, risk of loss in the stock market, inflation, high health care costs, also strategies to help you reduce your taxes in the future and preserve your retirement savings, maintaining your current standard of living in retirement, even as costs continue to rise, your legacy and inheritance goals for your loved ones, and how those goals fit into your overall retirement strategy. And that's all in one place under one roof. You want the different accounts, investments, and policies you own to work seamlessly together. It doesn't have to be by accident. That's right. It's not going to come together by accident. You just don't want to make financial decisions without understanding the full impact on all these other pieces of your retirement plan. So the number we shared earlier, I'll give it to you again, 803-9-RETIRE. If it helps to hear the numbers as you're punching those into your phone, 803-973-8473. Or again, the easiest way to remember that is 803-9-RETIRE. Learn more about the benefits of having a comprehensive retirement strategy and how you can put one in place for your future. Again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We've got a lot more coming up on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. We'll be back. John Farley here. According to the U.S. Debt Clock, in the time you hear this commercial, our nation's debt will go up by $1.5 million. That's more than $2 billion a day, $15 billion a week. Right now, our debt is over $31 trillion and climbing fast. The question is how do we pay it off? The answer, increasing taxes. Now think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are historically low or later when rates are potentially higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in the future depends on a lot of things. The team at Preservation Specialists knows what to look for. Our advisors can help you create a plan so your retirement is as tax efficient as it can be. Call 803-9-RETIRE to set up a visit with an advisor at Preservation Specialists. That's 803-9-RETIRE. When taxes go up, will you be ready? Call now. 803-9-RETIRE. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital Member, FINRA and SFPC Advisory Services offered through Arcadios Wealth Preservation Specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership. The team at Preservation Specialists have put together a retirement rescue kit to help you get your plan started. To get yours, text the word RETIRE to 803-973-8473 right now. That's RETIRE to 803-973-8473. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and he is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. You can check out retirewithpat.com if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Pat and the team and some of the things that they have going on. But Pat, you know, for so many people, they thought of retirement as the final stage of life. That's really Mm -hmm. how it was positioned for a long time. But when you look at today's retirements, it's not the finish line anymore. This is the beginning of the next phase of life. I think you could argue it's a very exciting phase of life. And retirements last so much longer today that it actually unfolds in stages. So let's talk a little bit about that, Pat. How do you explain this to clients as far as how this unfolds when we're talking about decades of retirement in our future? Yeah, you know, sometimes people hear the terms and they kind of think it sounds a little silly, which we'll get to in a second. But this is really something that uh, as we're onboarding a new client, we have a serious conversation about this with everyone because Mm -hmm. it it really 
it makes a big difference in how you're creating an income plan. So we talk about the three stages being the first one, being the go-go years. Mm -hmm. At your youngest of retirement, you're typically in your best health. Maybe you've got a bucket list, so you've got to go-go and do all those things. And then no one does that. You know, let's say you retire at 62 and you, and you live in your 90s. Those are not all go-go years. Right. <laughs> so, and I think everyone right. can immediately think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So we call the second phase the slow-go years. And so that just means you've done the big stuff you really wanted to do. You are physically slowing down. You know, Maybe if you had been, maybe as part of your bucket list was you know Europe or something like that, you're not looking to do big things like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the third phase is the no-go years, or as one of my clients told me, the I don't want to go years. And that mm -hmm. is when you just reach a point where – you just really aren't interested in doing things. Your expenses aren't travel, it's healthcare and things like yeah, that. So, sure. so we like to think of those. The reason that's important is because it can really affect, you know, how you're saving for retirement, how much you need to save for retirement and, you know, how you need to plan your spending in retirement and all of those things. We absolutely need to make sure you never run out of money. But at the same time, if someone expects you to do go-go years for your entire, you know, for 30 or 40 years, they may be forcing you to save way more than you actually really need mm. to to retire. So we want to find that sweet spot in the middle and make sure that you're enjoying as much retirement as you can for as long as possible. So first things first with these yep. different phases, right? Let's start a little bit focusing on those go-go years because I think this is the time that everybody's looking the most forward to with retirement, yeah. those early yeah. years when you finally have time to do all the things and, and the money because the kids are gone and you can finally spend this money on yourself. <laughs> how important is it to know how you want to spend those go-go years and really have a good handle on the kinds of things you'd like to do before you actually retire? Yeah, this is one of those things we say is maybe the most fun part of what we do because mm. it's kind of just talking through the bucket list. And for some people, that's really easy because they've got it in their head and they've been thinking about it or even talking about it. For other people, it's more difficult because they're just kind of focused on the grind of the day-to-day -day and things like that. So it's okay if you don't know exactly what that is, but it's important to think about because it's part of how we're going to budget for your retirement. Right. And, you know, it's also important too, Jen, I will say, I was just having a conversation the other day with some longtime clients and the husband and wife were going back and forth, not in a mean way, but trying to figure out the husband was overextended and the wife wanted him to dial back work and just talking through those big things. And they made the joke about us being, you know, therapists essentially. <laughs> Marriage <laughs> and, counselors, but, right? Yeah. But what if, what if you're married and the bucket lists are totally different? Well, yeah. better to figure that out before you retire than after, right? Right. So we want to get those things out on the table. But I think where you were going with this, Jen, is how do we want to budget for those extra budgetary things? Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, what are the things you really enjoy? Is it eating out? Is it hobbies like golf? Is it travel? Is it family? And then what do we need to budget for those? And then we can start thinking about, well, how long is it realistic that that's going to be extra spending that you're going to be doing? And that can really give you, I think it's given a lot of our clients a lot of comfort knowing that those things are already in the spending plan for retirement. It gives them more peace of mind to think they're not going to run out. Right. It's such a big transition to go from working every day to doing whatever you want. Right now, when you're in your working years, you get to the weekends and you can do kind of whatever you want. That's when you have all those extra trips to the home improvement store or shopping or whatever's going on. Those are the expensive days, right? So how do you help people adjust to their new retirement life and manage the fact that now every day is pretty much Saturday, so we have to figure out more than just either sitting on the couch all day or just spending money all day, all day, every yeah. single day, right? Yeah, and this is another one where we're all different. And for some people, it's just very natural, and they have a very natural transition. And for some of us, it's, you know, it takes a little more effort. But the whole idea is finding purpose in your life. And that's, of course, at any point, it's easier if you're, you know, married with little kids and, you know, you're thinking about those things, or if you have a career that you, you love or are very focused on. But as those things are not in your day to day life, what is that going to be? And that's different for everyone, of course. Some people still like to do some work in retirement. Some people have, you know, different hobbies, uh, things like family, kids or grandkids, certainly uh, having some type of mission as far as their church or charity. Um, there are a lot of different things, but that's exactly what we want to figure out. And that goes two directions. Jen, on the one hand, there's the spending side. How expensive are those types of things that are important to you? But then on the other hand, 
if you are going to be doing some kind of part-time work because you enjoy that, well, let's get that on the table early on because maybe you can switch to part-time sooner than you realized, mm. right? Because we weren't, we weren't budgeting for that. So those are, those are really good things to be talking about. And of course, uh, we don't want you to retire successfully financially, but be miserable, you know, mm, on the inside, right. we want you to have those things as well. So that's where that balance comes from. And again, that's why we talk about being comprehensive in our retirement planning. And that's why we offer the retirement review to listeners of the show, because it's not just about, you know, getting the highest rate of return on your money or anything like that. We're looking to help you really find a passion for your retirement and just really have a peace of mind to be able to not have to stress about your money in retirement, but to be focused on the things that are important to you. So if you think that kind of sit down would be beneficial or helpful to you, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. We call it our five-step retirement review that's available to listeners of the show at no cost and no obligation. To get started, the number is 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And we're talking about the different stages of your retirement because it's so overwhelming to try to talk about planning for a 30-year retirement versus breaking this down into more manageable pieces, these different stages. The second one, after the go-go years, which that's those early years of retirement, this is when we are checking off all those bucket list items and and going on the big trips or maybe buying the boat or the Mm. dream car or whatever it is. Then we have the slow-go years. And I actually have a family member, an aunt and uncle, who back in, oh, a year or two ago, went on one of those really big trips to Israel. They did kind of a Holy Land tour. Yeah, Definitely a bucket list type of trip for them. But then ended up getting sick. I think somebody caught COVID on the way home. And uh, Mm. by the time they finally got home and recovered, and they're in their late 70s, they just said, yeah, you know, we're still going to do a little traveling, but that was... (laughs) That was it for the big international yeah. multi-country <laughs> type of excursion. So we kind of see this. We don't want to see it as a bad thing, Pat, but the reality is it just might not appeal to you to do some of these big items a little bit later on in your retirement. That's kind of what we're getting at with the slow-go years, right? I think absolutely. It's a perfect example. And I think the slow-go years, I think it's very rare that someone doesn't get that. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, you've got, you've, not only have you seen it probably in family or friends, but you don't bucket list for 30 or 40 years. It doesn't even make sense. You right. know? And so my own parents, uh, I've seen that over the last few years. They were really they kind of did the delay of they didn't really do a lot of things like Europe or anything prior to retirement. And then they took some of these big trips and they've kind of reached a point where they're kind of like, you know, they've had all these awesome trips. But then when you ask them, do you want to do a river cruise? Ah, I remember that time. Oh, the flight was, yeah, it was such a hassle. <laughs> you know, that kind of, that kind of a thing. And, uh, it, and it's, it's so that's just how we are. And yeah. then you just reach a point where it's just not worth the effort. And of course, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be travel, but that's a sure. very easy one for all of us to think about. And that's a great example of the slogan years where you can still relax and enjoy your retirement, but you're just not as active and it probably doesn't cost as much either. Yeah. Yeah. The pace just doesn't have to be the same Mm -hmm. the whole time. So as far as some of the things going on in this stage of life, is this when we're talking about maybe starting to think more about healthcare costs? I know we've talked before, Pat, the average 65-year-old couple can expect to spend over $300,000 on healthcare and retirement, not even including long-term care. And we'll get to that, I imagine, in the next segment. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of those healthcare costs and planning for that, because this is where those issues are going to start to become a little bit more prominent for us. Yeah, real quickly, one of the retirement income ideas I like, they call it the retirement income smile, which is where Mm. it starts off highest when you're doing your bucket list. It kind of bottoms out during the second phase, and then it starts increasing for the rest of your life as those healthcare costs. So this is, I can easily see part of the slow go with lower healthcare costs, and this is where it really starts to ramp up. So you're exactly right. And you know, it's more fun talking about investments and income and travel and things like that. That's the fun part of retirement planning, but we also have the part where we need to play defense. We need to protect you. And so that's all about having a healthcare plan. And that's just one of those pieces of that five step plan that we want to build for each of our clients. And it's not a fun conversation, but we want to make sure it's taken care of that you don't have to worry about it. So if you don't have a healthcare plan for retirement, or if you're not sure, call us at 803-9-RETIRE. It's one of those five areas we're going to look at in that first 
first meeting and help you make sure you're all taken care of. Again, no cost, no obligation for listeners of the show. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Retirement might be the finish line for one phase of your life, but it's actually the starting line of another. And you do need to make sure that you leave enough in the tank to make it all the way to the end. We're going to talk about some of those final stages of retirement coming up on the other side of the break. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back. You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10. To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review, call right now, 803-973-8473. That's 803 803- nine retire thanks for joining us today on save your retirement with pat struby pat is the founder of preservation specialists and i am jen rezak alongside and today we're talking about the different stages of retirement retirement lasts for two or three decades so it helps to break it down into stages when you're planning and for this last phase it's really important to plan ahead because you need to put strategies in place to help ensure your money will last throughout your entire retirement so let's talk about this pat when you get into these no-go or maybe don't want to go years Mm -hmm. we're talking about our later years of retirement again not always the most fun phase but so important not to leave this out when we're planning yeah absolutely and of course this doesn't mean that you are you know in a nursing home or physically incapable it just means you know you are you know, getting past, uh, certainly past your physical prime and needing to slow down. And when I think of the no-go years, um, Jen, I have a specific client I think of. It's a couple, there is an age gap, and they live in a uh, very nice golf community uh, near here, but the golf community exits to an extremely busy road. Mm. And it's always kind of a curious combination to me, lots of shopping and restaurants and everything. And they came in uh, for, we we had a a sit down to kind of review everything and go over their strategy. And I had lost track of the fact that she at the time was 78, he was 91. And I said, wow. I said, I I forget, I I didn't realize you were, you know, you were 91. And I asked about, you know, just, you know, activities or yeah. whatever, what they like to do. And he said, he said, Pat, I've reached the point. I don't want to leave the neighborhood anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I'm in my 40s. I could I could understand not wanting to fight that traffic, you know. But that's just a great summary of, you know, you maybe in those go-go years, you're doing the bucket list. And then in the slow go, you're just doing smaller things. So you go instead of going to Europe, the European trip you always wanted, maybe you are going to Charleston or, you know, something that's much closer. And at this point you're just like, Hey, I'm good. You know, let's, what's, what's still important to me. Let's gather the family at the house and things like that. And, um, and you said, uh, it was a client of mine actually that said, I think it's not no go. It's don't want to go. And, uh, just said, we just had a good laugh over that. So I think we can all understand how that shift happens as we get, you know, maybe in the last decade of our lives. Yeah. You know, I certainly saw that with my grandpa also where it was not big trips, but, you know, making a little road trip every now and then and <laughs> carpooling <laughs> with, with, with my aunt and uncle, all those things. Um, mm, you know, yes. here, here's the other thing, because some of these financial decisions in retirement don't just affect you and your spouse, what kind of family discussions do we think about happening about things like long-term care and end-of-life decisions, estate and legacy planning. Again, not the most fun stuff, but boy, Mm. it really helps to get all of that buttoned down ahead of time so nobody's scrambling and trying to guess and figure out what to do when the time comes. Yeah. And and you said that very well, Jenna. And I kind of lump all this in under what we would call an estate plan. And that's a term that is It's kind of a loaded term because I think a lot of people um, think, well, I'm not rich. I don't need an estate plan. And they think of that being something for, you know, the Bill Gates of the world or something like that. But the idea of an estate plan is it's a lot of those things that you mentioned, Janet. And I always say, yes, part of the estate plan is if there's anything left, who do you want to get it and how? 
which is probably what most of us think of immediately. Like who's in the will? We think of maybe the movies sure. where everyone's, you know, they're reading the will and everyone's all excited to hear what they're going to get. Right. Uh, but it affects so much more mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, it affects, um, you know, having the proper legal documents to make sure if you're sick and you can't handle things yourself, saying who you want to be able to to determine your care if you're unable to do that. Um, Who's able to take over your finances if you're unable to do that? Those are really big things. So it's protecting you uh, because you may be temporarily needing that help and then you may recover. Uh, So you you certainly want those things taken care of. It's a really big deal if you're married for your spouse uh, because if something happens to you, uh, first of all, you don't want to leave a mess for him or her, but also you want to have a game plan ready for them. And we've had people hire us specifically for that reason. You know, a lot of times couples come in and they're embarrassed because they say, well, one of us really handles the finances and the other one doesn't. And I always reassure them. And I say, well, first of all, just think of all the things we do as married couples. Like there's very few categories where we're both actively involved all the time. Right. I mean, that doesn't make, it would be exhausting because it's hard enough, (laughs) you know, being a married couple, uh, just where one person is the primary uh, versus the other. So finances is no different, but uh, the key is we really would like, if possible, that spouse that's not actively involved in the finances to at least understand, have a basic understanding of what's going on. And for that, we've seen, especially in previous generations, where the man was the person that handled the Mm -hmm. money and the woman didn't know anything about it. And then, of course, the husband often passes away first and she's left. That's a very dangerous position because not only is she very fearful, but also she can be taken advantage of if you don't have good trusted advisors. So there's a lot of reasons why that's really important to get that taken care of. And then the other one I think of is I was just talking to a friend of mine and his wife's parents had passed away and um, he made a comment about trying to track everything down. And I said, yeah, a lot of times if it wasn't discussed, that's really hard because you're going through all the stacks of paper Mm -hmm. and statements and new mail and you can't tell which accounts were closed and which ones have been opened. And it's just, it can be a huge stressor. So having those types of things in order can be really a gift to your loved ones. Yeah, absolutely. It helps relieve so much of the anxiety and the added stress when some of these things are are already discussed and, and thought of. But of course, the big unknown out there, Pat, is when will you actually need to know all of that? None of us come with an expiration date. We don't know how long we'll actually live in retirement. And even when we, you know, think about all this end of life type of planning, we still don't know when that will actually happen. So how can we help ensure our money will last in case we live a long time and these things can can be put off for a little bit longer? Yeah. So um, that, I mean, really, that's the big thing for most of us, right? I mean, a lot of people would like to maybe give something to kids or grandkids sure. or maybe church or charity. But for most of us, it's like, hey, I've worked hard and I'd like to be able to enjoy some of this. So how do we make sure we never run out of money? That comes back to the income plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the terms that I love, uh, which is kind of a geeky retirement income term, is is called GRIP, which is the Guaranteed Retirement Income Percentage. Uh-huh. So let's say uh, – let's we'll do some simple math. and Let's say someone needs $5,000 a month to live on in retirement, and we're going to calculate how much of that is guaranteed in some way. So let's say they have 2000 a month in pension, 2000 in Social Security. So they've got $4,000 that should come in every month. Uh, throughout their retirement, and they need 5000 So that's, you know, dividing that. They've got an 80% grip ratio, which is very good. That means they just have to figure out how to cover the other 20%. But then if you could imagine someone else, let's say they need $6,000 a month for income, but they, all they have is Social Security at 2000 Now their grip percentage is only 33%. Hmm. Now that is probably a concerning situation because do they really want to have their investments cover that difference and you could be nervous. So that's where something like an annuity that has a lifetime income guarantee could come in. So what you're essentially doing in that case is you're, you're trying to create your own pension. And that's one of those things that, you know, a couple of generations ago, a lot of people already had a pension, so it really wasn't necessary. But we see more and more clients that are interested in that, Jen, because um, they don't have their own pension. And, you know, the studies have shown people that have pensions are happier, uh, pensions or annuities are happier. It even says they live longer. Uh, so I guess knowing that that money's coming in, you want to collect as much of it as you can. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's been really interesting to kind of study up on those types of things. But that's an example of one of the ways to just have something that you know is going to continue paying uh, and you don't have to worry about it running out. Uh, trying to figure out how much of your income has some type of guarantee like that. Right. Here's the thing. We've gone over these stages of retirement, Pat, and the go-go years, 
the slow go years and then the no go or don't want to go years. Now that we've talked a little bit about how these different stages play out and a new way to think about retirement, how does this help clients or or when you talk to people about this, how does this help people understand the need to have that comprehensive plan for their retirement? Because again, what we're doing with our money and our financial needs it changes a lot from stage to stage as we progress throughout retirement. Yeah, so one of the advantages, and I think one of the reasons people hire us, Jen, is that we certainly would expect that most people will only retire once in their life. We certainly hope yes. that's the case, that they don't have to go back to work because they are running low on money or anything like that. So we have the advantage that we have experienced retirement over and over and over again with our clients. So that's the cool thing is that we've seen these things play out. We've seen these three phases happen with our clients and maybe maybe people have seen it with their family members, but they haven't thought about it that way, or they haven't thought about how that affects their finances. So this is one of those things that we bring up on our onboarding meeting when someone hires us. And it's a great example of, it's really kind of a thought provoking moment for a lot of people to think, oh, I never really thought of it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know that can be tied into the bucket list conversation and things like that. But I think it does give our clients some peace of mind to know that we're thinking to this degree of detail about their retirement and making sure that they have the right amount of income for the right stages of their lives. And the last thing here, Pat, you can't create a plan and then send somebody into retirement for 30 years without checking in on them, without going back and revisiting. (laughs) And of course, things in our family will change over a 30-year retirement. We'll have so many things that cause us to go back and need to make some updates here. How often do you sit down with people and revisit their plans? And what does that part of it look like when we're talking about people who are actually getting into this and living through these different phases of their retirement. Yeah, Jen, uh, you know, it's customized for our clients. Most of our clients, we have a, a, an annual strategy session we put together to kind of see how things are going, talk through the income plan, look at tax planning, are the investments accomplishing what we want them to accomplish. But that's kind of a baseline because there may be other things going on throughout the year. Maybe an investment matures and there's a reason to talk then to uh, maybe someone takes on a part-time job or they have some big bucket list thing where they need some extra money. So there's, there's so many different things that come up. It sounds like when you say, oh, you only talk once a year, but you end up, then you look back and you realize maybe it was two or three or four times. So right. so it really depends on what's going on in your life and then also with the plan. And that's where we, we piece it all together to make sure that we're reviewing everything on a comprehensive basis so we're not missing anything. And once again, if you don't have a comprehensive retirement plan or planner helping you, Give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. There's no cost or obligation for listeners to sit down with one of our advisors and go over the five areas of retirement. Once again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury. If you watch TV this fall, I'm sure you'll remember all the Medicare ads with our aging sports stars and celebrities. While I'm a fan of the stars, I'm not a fan of the ads. The reason is that they put the emphasis in the wrong place. Having additional benefits like dental and vision coverage is fine, but they leave out the details. Details like, does your doctor participate with the plans they're promoting? Are your medications covered and at what costs? These are the most important considerations when choosing an Advantage plan. Unfortunately, many people end up in the wrong plan and only find out when they first see their doctor or fill a prescription. Does this mean you're stuck in the wrong plan for the entire year? Medicare has what's called a Medicare Advantage open enrollment period. Between January 1st until the end of March, you can make a one-time only change to a different Advantage plan. During this time, you can move to a plan which better fits your needs. If you need to discuss this option, please give me a call and I'd be happy to explain how it works. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. The team at Preservation Specialists have put together a retirement rescue kit to help you get your plan started. To get yours, text the word RETIRE to 803-973-8473 right now. That's RETIRE to 803-973-8473. 
Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And I bet he wishes he has both of those books right now to thumb through <laughs> to help him with the answers for our retirement trivia that we're about to launch Ooh. into. Now, oh, Jen, you, you don't think that I have every word of my two books Memorized and committed, committed <laughs> I to mean, <laughs> I don't know if I would say that's true or not, but it's a nice thought. It's I guess we'll find out. Thing. We will find out, but we are going to put you to the test, and our topic this week is health care. All of right. these questions are health care related, so I hope you are ready and then we'll, um, there's a purpose to this. We'll all learn a little bit, I think. But I've got a good little collection here of questions. I think I've got five or so. And then I've okay. got a bonus round if oh. you're feeling brave enough oh, for good. it. So exciting. This will be fun. This will yeah. be fun. And the okay. thing I always like the most about, about when we play retirement trivia is making sure that I have my buzzer and my bell handy. So just to give the folks at home a little preview. That's the buzzer. <laughs> That's the bell. So we'll see how you do here. And we can keep score. I might want to keep score. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Jen, I love positive reinforcement, so I love that fake cheering. And I, I'll, I'll just, in my mind, it's real cheering. So we, we won't need that buzzer anymore. That's right. You're good. You're validated. <laughs> fully validated. Ready to go. Okay. Well, that was easy. All right. Very good. Uh, okay. First question, healthcare-related retirement question. These are multiple choice, Pat. I will go through the choices for you. Here we go. How much is the average 65-year-old couple estimated to spend on healthcare in retirement? A, $150,000. B, $225,000. C, $315,000. Or D, Four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Mm. These are current numbers. Okay. Um, so this is a sixty-five-year-old couple. Correct. And the amount estimated on healthcare and re- throughout their retirement. Yes. So, and we're we're going to base these off of twenty twenty-three numbers, just right. so you know, just so you and have a so, reference. So I'm going to walk you through my thinking okay. here. So I vividly remember when you and I started radio, which. It's a long, long time ago, like maybe six or seven years ago. I remember we did a show on healthcare costs, and I remember so clearly that you reported that Fidelity at the time had estimated that at Mm $250,000, and that was such a shocker. It's been a while, yeah. And we were like, that's just a crazy number to think about. But then when you think about it, if you're 65 and you got two people, and let's say they live to late 80s or early 90s and all those years and you divvy that up and then you have inflation it actually made sense so i am going to make a little bit of a guess and say i don't think that's going up to 425 so i'm going to say 315,000 which is just that 250,000 from six or seven years ago increasing with inflation final answer that is my final answer the adoring fans. That's I right. love it. Everyone's such a fan. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And and it has gone up so much since we first started talking about this. I'm glad you brought that up because these are numbers that we're looking at right now, but I'm guessing, you know, if we have the same conversation in five or six years, it's gonna be quite a bit higher because we're having to deal with inflation as it relates to our healthcare costs and just kind of preparing for that as well. So Either way, Pat, I think it really speaks to the need to have a plan and to think about how you're going to be covering your health care costs in retirement because they are significant. And I don't know if there is a trivia question on this later, but Medicare isn't going to cover all of that. That's your that's your out-of-pocket stuff. So just you know, be mindful of that as well. I don't think I have any other questions about that, so I don't think I ruined that for you. I don't want to be okay. I don't want any cheating happening here. Okay. Let's move on to question number two. About what percentage of early retirees, so people who claim Social Security at age 62, what percentage do so to help pay for health care expenses? They claim Social Security early to help mm. them cover their health care. What percentage is it? Oh, what did... What an, what an interesting, interesting question, Joe. We've never talked about this. I don't think we have. In all of our years together. No, wow. no, no. Very, so, very fun. Okay, so let's walk through this. So we talk about Social Security and how, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago, people just 
they just claimed social security willy-nilly and it was very common to claim it early right and then now i always joke about you know if you google when should i take social security there are literally millions of articles that say you should defer it until age 70 if you can so someone claiming at 62 that's certainly going against that uh, advice i can see this because we have many clients that are looking to retire before 65 and one of those huge questions is what do I do about my health insurance before mm-hmm. I reach 65 for Medicare? So I can see that tie-in. So mm-hmm. I will say this, Jen, I've never, I've never heard the statistic before. As much of a nerd I am I about reading about retirement. something new. You did. So hey. I'm 67% sounds way too high. Uh-huh. 25%, I mean, this is a topic of healthcare, so it can't be the lowest. That doesn't make sense to me. Sure. So I'm going to... Um, I'm guessing 33%. Okay. And then the other option, because I failed to read them out loud to everybody, the other option was 50%. And you're going with 33%. I'm going to go with 33%. It's a guess. About a third. Gosh. Two for two. According to Fidelity, yeah, about a third of early retirees say they claim Social Security at age 62 to help pay for health care expenses until they're eligible for Medicare at 65. Those are those gap years, right? Is that what we call it that? It is. Yeah. And I, and I would say, Jen, that that's not necessarily the wrong choice. However, nope. my suspicion is that if those people were working with a planner, there might be a better way to tackle that. Mm. You know, if there's a... Fair. There, now, And we have some clients. And now the other thing that complicates that is what if you're a married couple and say one person claims at 62 and one defers theirs to much later? We have some clients that use that strategy as well. So interesting thought. Uh, yeah. Certainly not saying that it's that's wrong to claim early, but we always want to make the most of your Social Security benefits as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, next one. The cost of prescription drugs will make up blank percent of your health care costs. So your total health care costs, that $315,000 that we talk about for a couple how much, what percentage of that goes toward prescription drugs? Is it A, I'm going to do it right this time, A, 17%, (laughs) B, 22%, C, 27%, or D, 36%. So a big chunk, not most, but a big chunk for sure. So I'm a little upset with you, Jen, because, you know, well, normally your trivia games are of things I've studied before, Mm. and so I'm going on recall. This is two in a row. I've never, ever heard this statistic before. So this is really interesting. So we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of healthcare costs during retirement. How much of that is going to be your out-of-pocket on prescription drugs? I am going to I I you know I'm a moderate type of a person when, when I you know in a lot of ways so I, I'm going to lean towards one of the middle ones I don't think it's the lowest or the highest okay. so I'm going to go with I think prescription drugs are crazy how expensive they are so I'm going to go with C twenty seven percent okay and is that your final answer that's my final answer okay no. <laughs> You loved that way too much. I did. It was actually the lowest. 17% of those out-of-pocket expenses are estimated to go to prescription drugs, which, again, is still a lot. I mean, even though it's not as much as your incorrect guess, it's... (laughs) Sorry. Sorry I had to say that. It's still a significant number. Yeah. So it's really something to think about. And it's over probably over $50,000. During your retirement. Yeah, that's a ton just toward those prescriptions. So again, need for planning to be knowing Mm. that these costs could be significant down the road and get ahead of this. Okay, here's another very expensive thing to talk about in retirement, which is nursing home costs. What is the national average median cost for a private room in a nursing facility? And this, by the way, is per month. Is it A, a little over $4,000? Is it B... $7,900, $7,900, C, about $9,000, or D, $12,000 per month. Okay, so I do have an advantage. This is more my style, Jen, because, okay, and the reason I say that is I just did a full rewrite of my first book, Save yes, Your Retirement. You and there is a chapter on healthcare in there. And one of the things I talk about is the fact that Medicare basically is not going to help hardly at all for nursing Mm. care costs. And so I talk in the book about that risk. And again, the thing we always point out is, you know, there's no cookie cutter approach. It's not like we're saying, hey, just buy some long-term care insurance. For a lot of people, that doesn't make sense. So it's really, as, as you've been saying, it's about having a planner and putting a plan together. 
And this is also important. You mentioned a private room in a nursing facility mm-hmm. because, of course, you could have a nurse come into the home. Um, you have assisted living, but yeah, this is, this is private options. pay. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure on the national average, that's going to be around $9,000 a month. I think it's a little lower here uh, in Columbia, but uh, I'm going to go with $9,000 a month. Final answer. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there's my fans. They're back. But I almost hit the buzzer totally by mistake. <laughs> like, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been on purpose. That's not nice. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Okay. Um, for people who need long-term care, and I think we've shared this stat before on the show, someone turning 65 today has a blank percent chance of needing long-term care. Is it 25%? Is it 37%? Is it 55%? Or is it 70%? Mm-hmm. So, and this is an interesting one too to me, Jen, because I've been doing this for 27 years. So, mm-hmm. back in the 90s, long term care was like being shipped off to a nursing home, and that was sure. it, right? Yeah. But yeah. now, uh, because of our aging population, there are so many more options. You know, I mentioned some of those, you know, home health care, assisted living, and things of that nature. So, I think that the percentage of people that need it keeps going up and up because it's not actually requiring you to sell your house and move into a nursing home. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, I guess the other point I would make is sometimes we think of nursing care as you know, when you permanently need this kind of oh, care. But this sure. is just saying needing the care at some point. Some sort in some yes. form or fashion. So I yes. am going to go with that highest number, D, 70%, final answer. Nailed yes. it. And I think it's important the way you you phrase that, Pat. This doesn't mean 70% of us will have a long-term stay in a nursing home where we're paying that $9,000 a month or whatever. It's just some form or fashion. Yeah, a lot of us will be impacted by this, and that's why we talk about the need to think about planning for these mm. things. Yes. Okay, let's do one more just to be fun, because this one's the bonus round, and it's fun. In the year 2000, there was a surgical company that launched a robotic surgical system to assist surgeons, and they named it after a famous artist known for his anatomical drawings. Mm. This is very obscure, and mm. I'm enjoying this. Was it? <laughs> but you've heard of all these people, so it's going to be like, okay. guess guess one that you've heard of. Is it Pablo Picasso? Is it Leonardo da Vinci? Is it Vincent Van Gogh or Andy Warhol? So I love the, uh, I don't know how to say the word, but I know the Centruvian man or whatever, like oh. the Leonardo da Vinci with the guy with his arms oh, out yeah, yeah, and his yeah, legs yeah. out. Yeah, and it's like perfectly symmetrical, uh-huh, which I think uh-huh. is really cool. So I'm definitely going... Da Vinci finally. Yes. And he's my favorite Ninja Turtle also. I'll just go ahead and say that. <laughs> anyway. It's okay. Perfect. Yes. Very good. Nice job on the bonus round. But I think the the whole message here with these big scary numbers, um, because these are intimidating numbers if we talked about this, Pat. The whole idea here is think about planning. Think about how much this could impact you if you haven't thought about a plan to help cover your health care costs in retirement. And that is part of the process that you walk people through each and every day. Yeah, I mean, it's all about having a plan for retirement. And there's fun, exciting things to talk about, like investments and how much income you're going to have and saving taxes. But having a health care plan is critical. And we always talk about the most important thing is giving you peace of mind so you can really enjoy your retirement. So if you have a plan, you know what will happen if you need nursing care. We want you to have that peace of mind. So call us at 803-9-RETIRE. You can do a five-step retirement review, a health care plan review at no cost and no obligation as a listener to the show. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Be sure to tune in again next time for more insights from Pat, and we'll talk to you then. Have a great week. Securities offered through Arcadios Capital, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Arcadios Wealth. Preservation specialists and Arcadios are not affiliated through any ownership.